Okay, chapter 40, Hemshechayim Beis, volume 1, page Samaches, 68. We're in the middle of the discourse, it's the 10th Maimon, the 10th discourse. So, a little context. Ayim uh, Beis, obviously, is a big, monumental work. And it consists of over 1,500 pages. Of which uh, the Rebbe Rashab didn't even finish writing the whole Hemshech. Most people don't even know that. You think after 1,500 pages, you have, you've said a lot, you know. And the Rebbe Rashab wrote it almost to the end of his life, which means we, we have proof that he's been writing even Tafresh Ayin Tess. So bottom line is, to really try to make sense of the Hemshech, it's important to break it into parts. So there's the general theme of the whole Hemshech. The way I see it, now the Ayin Beis is coming to answer the big question of the interface. How does a material world connect to spirituality. How does the finite connect to the infinite? How does the mundane connect to the divine? These are two opposite entities. Something that's mortal and limited, how could it connect to something that is godly and unlimited? And as I said many times, this is based on the premise. You could say, well, who says there's a connection? It's based on the premise that there's Ahdus Hashem. And say Hashem Echad. That God is one. It doesn't just mean one God. It means that the, all of existence is part of this unity. It's also based on the foundation which is the whole foundation of Kabbalah and Chassidus, that God wants a relationship with us. If it was just God being a master and we're a slave, so then we don't have to have a relationship. The master gives orders and the slaves do what they have been told to do. Then there's no relationship. A, a, a servant in a king's palace doesn't need to have a relationship with the king. He just follows orders. But the Abishta made it clear that he wants a relationship. Where did he make it clear? First of all, he created the human being, B'Tselem Malikim. This is a recurrent theme in Ayin Beis. He keeps bringing back that, that posuk. means he created us in his image. A, a, a master doesn't create a slave in his own image. It's two, they're two different entities. You know, when Avram tells uh, Evid, his Evid, he says to him, that, you know, he wants to make a shidduch. He says, we're not from the same uh, substance. We don't, not, we don't match. So that's the first thing. Then the Ebrista said in the Torah, You should know me. And full the Torah filled not just with mitzvahs that relate to action, but related with relationship. Know me. Emulate me. Mahu chanon afata chanon. You have full of references. I'm just saying this as a basis. So therefore God wants a relationship. The question is, how can be a relationship between two entities that are opposites, that are so antithetical? I would say this is a fundamental theme that Ayin Beis is coming to address. Chassid is Bechal, but Ayin Beis specifically, and that's why everywhere you turn, you see the focus on interfaces, what we call today interface, that is a Mamutza. And the whole Seydish Tashlis, the whole cosmic order, and the ten spheres, and the worlds, are all meant to be this bridge. Atzilus, in general, is the interface. Atzilus is where Lakus meets man. Because Atzilus is a structure of ten spheres, the Adam alien, but it's a divine world. So if we could align our so-called structure to God's structure, that helps us connect then to God that's beyond structure. So I am Bayes goes through all these steps from the beginning all through the whole thing. And the focus here, as I would say, as opposed to some of some of the main focus I would say is more like Ben Shanasa Evid. The focus there is to be an Evid, meaning Kabbalah Sale, to connect to that which is beyond us, to recognize that God is Shalei Barech, 
And I am based, the focus is the other way around. I would say, Evet Shanasaben. The focus is on the closeness. That even though God is Bein still He wants us to have a connection with Him. So in a way, on is much more focused on the Tera. Samachvav is much more Tefillah. And you can see this throughout when you start learning the Hemshech, you see it start emerging. Obviously there's overlap. It's not purely meaning from the bottom up. But there's a focus. That's why Naim Bezi goes much more according to the Shitta, the approach that the Sphiris have, even the energy has, even the air has Sphiris in it. Because wanting to show that even other Kuz, there's structure. And in Samachvav, it goes more to the Shitta the other way, that the Eiris don't have any shape. Which are both true. I discussed it in previous classes. So that's the overall thing. Where we are in the beginning of Hemshechayim Beis, if I would break it down into parts, I would say that the first 48 chapters focus on Eir Pnimi, the structure of existence. The first thing that Ever Rashab does is after establishing there's a Kasser, which is the first Mamutza between God, the divine, and the world, and existence, because God has to want it. Without Nesava Baruch without God desiring, there's nothing. So desire is the first step. But then, to understand what is the desire, what is the Ratzin, what is Keser, goes the whole, first we have to understand the structure. So I would say the first 48 chapters is completely about the structure, what is called in Chassidus Er Pnimi. This means integrated energies. Er Pnimi is defined by the fact that an energy manifests inside of a container. The best example, as he uses in the first chapters, is Keiches Adam, Keiches HaNefesh, the faculties of the soul. That each of us is a structured being, a human being, but what does being alive mean? That you're not just a body, you also have energy. There's eyes, there's ears, there's a nose, there's a mouth, there's a mind, there's a heart, there's legs, there's a body, and the energy of the soul fits into each part tailored to it. It's not like just one electricity that runs into the body, but the energy actually fits. The energy that the power to see fits into the eye. The power to hear is the air. And if you took a person's brain, God forbid, and put it into the feet, it wouldn't work. Everything has to be in its particular place. The keli and the eid are tailored and perfectly fit to each other. And uh, this is a classic example of eid And the same is true in the divine structure. And these chapters, as I said, the first 48 chapters, which we're getting close to the end of, all discuss this Eir Pnimi. Then he'll move to, from there, the Rav Rashab, to Eir Makif. What is Keser? What is beyond structure? Rotson would be the classic example. Desire doesn't have a place. Where in the body does desire rest? It doesn't have a place in the body. It's, it's overall. And the same thing in Lamaila. There's something that is beyond the structure. And then he'll continue on talking about these two within the structure, without beyond the structure. This is like the Ovis, Amat and Teda talking about Teda being the force that brings something that's higher than existence into existence. Then he goes into deeper levels of the interface that in Kesa itself it's Chach it's the unconscious mind. And then at the end of this volume he starts beginning the discussion of Teda and Tefillah the two ways to connect from the bottom up, from the top down. But wherever you go, the underlying theme in Ayin Beis is the connection between the structure of existence and that which is beyond the structure. And that's why it's so important, because it's relevant to every person, every one person, every person wants to have transcendence, wants to experience something that's beyond. The question is, how do you experience beyond when you have to deal with day-to-day realities? You have to work, you have other issues, and so on and so forth. So, so Ayin Beis is like a blueprint for that. With that being said, where we are right now 
after developing a whole discussion about Erpinimi, what it is exactly, and uh, discussing the difference between Eris and Kalim, that energy is more transcendent in nature. You know, for example, if you define, someone says, what does an eyeball look like? An eyeball is a physical thing. You can relate to it. You can measure it. What does the Kehachariya look like? The power to see? That you can't measure. But it's still defined. So after a long discussion of this definition, so he starts going now into in the last few chapters we've been discussing what means ma'alamata and ruchnis. What does it mean when something is higher and lower? So in the physical world, higher and lower means the first floor the second floor. Now critical to point out that I've said many times and I've said it, I said it to you guys yesterday too, that the key thing this is to train us to think differently. It's not just about trying to fit, understand new ideas. It's partially a different type of thinking. When you think Begashmis, you think everything is man Today, yesterday, tomorrow. In Mokim, higher, lower, east, north, south, west. I'm traveling a mile, 100 miles, 50 miles. Something is 5 feet tall, 6 feet tall. In Ruchni, you have to think conceptually. So what is higher and lower? That's what he's been discussing in, in Ruchni's, in the Elamis. Which is, of course, the structure of Erpinimi. What is the structure that God created? Pure concept, the conceptual structure. So before we get to the physical structure, which evolved from the spiritual structure, what is spiritual structure? So, so generally, the Rambam says that Mokim in Ruchnius means Maila. It means um, uh, uh, quality. Something of higher quality is considered higher, something of lower quality is lower. In the Lashon of Chassidus, he says it's the measure of Eir that something has. When you say Chochmah is higher than Bina, what it means is, it's not higher, physically higher. It means that Chochmah is superior to Bina because it has a lot more air in it. has a lot more energy in it. That when the Nakud of Chochmah, the, the spark of a, an idea, has in it a lot of intensity. Once you develop it in Bina, it loses that power. Similar to, for example, let's say a teacher and a student. When the teacher has the idea in his mind, so it's a lot more energy there. When he t- puts it into Kalim, starts explaining it with examples and with uh, metaphors, and the, the, the details, as it goes into more details, it loses that energy. That doesn't mean that later the student can't regain the energy and retrace the steps. But at that point, Bina has less gili, has less air, therefore more kalim. So that's one thing that he established. That is what he calls the ribu yamiyut, that, 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 that mokim is defined, in this case, ma'alamata by ribu yamiyut. More energy, less energy. That's one thing. The second thing is connected to kiruv and rikhuk. What makes something more energy when it's closer to the source? Something closer, as he puts it, to the top of the kav, which is the ray of light. Think of it like a student that's a more developed student. Why does he have more energy? Because in a way, his mind is closer to the mind of the teacher. What is closer? Again, doesn't mean physically closer. It's not like he's sitting closer to him. His mind relates to the teacher more. Whereas a beginner student is the opposite, is further away. Then he goes, and that, that was discussed in chapters, uh, what I just said now, was chapters 34, 30, uh, I'm sorry, no. Starting 33. Chapter Lamed Gimli begins the discussion of Milo Mata. So what I just said sums up 33, 34, 35. And this is both in the spheres and in the illness. The spheres is the DNA of existence. The illness is the dimensions, the dimensions of one level higher or lower than the next. Which I elaborated on. I'm not going to go through that right now. Then... He explained that this difference is not just mitzad the kalim, 
In other words, the difference between the students or the difference in Chacham Bin is not just that Boina has more Kalim and therefore less air, it's because the air itself is of a higher, is, is, uh, it's because the air itself is more intense in Chacham. And then he added that the real Mailomata is not just Ribiyamit, it's not just how much energy there is or how little energy. It, they're fundamentally different. Chachma is a fundamentally different entity than Bina. And therefore, Chachma has a lot of energy. So it's not that first it has energy. In other words, it's not like, I gave the example, it's not like, let's say you have a big pipe, and in order to get it to you to, to your house, you need to make a big pipe into a small pipe. So in other words, Chachma and Bina, is no real Echazdika difference. There's no qualitative difference. It's just a Bina, to get it to the next level, you have to diminish Chachma. No, that's not the case. In other words, that would just be relative then. It's absolutely different. Chachma has its own particular, uh, the Hatzilus the, the of Chachma, meaning when Chachma was emanated, it has its own particular power. And because it's an Akudin, because it has such intensity, that's why it has so much energy. Bina is a different type of power. So besides the fact that one sphere leads to the next, each one actually has a distinct, a distinct personality. That's what he established in chapter 37. And then in 38 began discussing that um, no I'm sorry that's no no chapter 37 is still the Ribuyamiyat I'm sorry yeah in chapter 38 he just established what I just said that they fundamentally have different levels and now in chapter 39 the last chapter we learned he's discussing how Chachm and Bina are fundamentally different Chachm is tefes the etzem the essence of something Bina is only typhus, only grasps the giluim of something. And he explains how Chachma, in other words, so they're Be'echus, so they're completely different type of realities. What's the difference between Etzim and Giluim? So I explained Etzim and Giluim, as he explains it here, Etzim is when you, uh, you get something in a fundamental way and not as it's broken down into details. Like an example, if someone asks you, explain to me what does it mean, what is music? And they never heard music before. So you can go into a long explanation of what music is. But you're only going to describe what's called the Diyas HaMetzias. The Metzias of music. And just at the end of it, you're going to say, look, if you're smart, you're not going to say it at the end. You'll say it at the beginning. You want to know what music is, let me turn on music and listen to it. So all the beauty in the world by the wisest person cannot come to that one second of listening to music. You listen to it, ah, that's it. That's music. So that's mukhus of something. Metzias is knowing it exists. We know, for example, that we have a soul. It's obvious. I'm not getting into what kind of soul and so on. What's the proof? Because the moment before conception of a new child, before the seed becomes, will become a fetus and then a child, and the moment of death, something changes. Here, the same body, what happened to it? The second the soul leaves it. Some energy force. So we know there's a soul. We know there's a life force. But someone asks you, what is this life force? You say, I know it exists. It's a, I know the mitzvahs of it. The muhus. Now, that we could learn the muhus. We could study it. But it's much more complicated than muhus. You can know the mitzvahs of many things and not know the muhus. So he says, the chokhm is tefiz the muhus. Then when you have a, a concept comes into your mind, that moment that you have a flash of an idea is the essence of the idea. And bina, as soon as you start talking about it, and start developing it, it's already a step away from the essence. The truth is, as I pointed out, there's no such thing as really talking about Chachma without little Bina. Because how many ideas do fall into our head that we don't even remember? 
As soon as you remember an idea, as soon as you begin fleshing it out, it's already the Bina of Chachmah. So Chachmah is that type of thing. And to understand what, that, what to understand that he began by speaking, then he continues and says that Meichin the Abba, which is the intellect of Chachmah, is higher than Ishtalshlus. And to understand what that means, higher than Ishtalshlus, we now began a whole discussion of what is Ishtalshlus. Or, or the way he puts it, Ishtalshlus, Ilivaol, cause and effect. Which means he goes into a discussion of what is Ilivaol. To explain that an Etzem, in Chachmah, <coughs> There's no levels. <coughs> I gave the example. I gave the example. The Rebbe said, when they asked him, Tovshin Yud, they asked him why he prints an old kohos for him and says, Kevin Shalshel Sa'ir. Look on top of everyone, Shalshel Sa'ir. So they asked the Rebbe, why not Shalshel Samoir? Shalshel Sa'ir means the, the chain of, of, the, of light. So it's been Shalshel Samoir. The Rebbe Imar Moir, not Eir. So the Rebbe answered, and Moir is stuck in Shalshel Amoy is atzmi. You can't even say this. If you speak about the rabbeim as an as an essence, as a moir, as the source, it's one. It's only one source. There's only one moishu rabbeinu and moishu every generation. If you talk the giluim of each rebbe, so the alter rebbe is chachma, the mitla rebbe is bina. There's a difference. Each each man, each generation needs its manig that fits that generation. So the etzim of a rebbe is really one. The tezentayra shalom. The alter rebbe would have been zman atanoim. It would have been atana. Zman amaroim. It would have been amayra. So, the, so, so he says this, literally the same thing here. He says, Hishtalshlus, that something gets weaker or stronger, which is Hishtalshlus, that something gets diminished. Like I said, the example, a teacher, let's say, is teaching an idea, and that idea, he has to bring down level to level, level, till he gets to a student. That does not exist in the Etzim. Etzim, there's no Hishtalshlus in the Etzim. You can't diminish Etzim. Etzim, as he doesn't say the Lushen here, but Kishatef is Bimutase, when you grasp part of it, you grasp all of it. But as Giluim, meaning in Tsiur, like he says, by Bina you capture the idea. The idea is you break it down. Absolutely. Let's say you write up an idea on paper. So there, of course, there are levels. You can explain it deeper. You can explain it less. You can develop it more and so on. Chokhmah, therefore, doesn't have... Chokhmah is a Nekudah. A Nekudah, if you look at a dot, a point, it has no Mailamat, has no top, has no bottom, has no parameters. So it definitely does not have levels. I mean, in Chokhmah there are levels. But it's not because Chachmah is being diminished, it's just because Chachmah has in it. It has been a Shabbat Chachmah and so on. But Chachmah itself, the idea is Atzmi, as he says, and that's called the Mailam Ishtalshlus. That's the word Mailam Ishtalshlus. It's higher than uh, a process. There's no process within Chachmah. In Bina, there's a process. What is the process called in, in, in the way he's describing it here? Il of all. Cause and effect. So he begins to explain that there are two types of Il of all. One is that illa and all means cause and effect. One is that the, the cause and the effect are not the same muhus. They're not the same entity. But one gives birth to the other. The example would be a mother giving birth to a child. The child is not an extension of the mother. It's a, it has the mother's genes, it also has the father's genes, but a child will be born, will be in a separate entity. If, if, if an egg was not fertilized, a child wouldn't be born. A mother just growing older does not make her a mother. What is it in in Keiches Hanefesh? Ab and Ima, the father and mother, give birth to the Midas. Midas and Meichin are not of the same personality. Midas is sakshus, excitability, ispilus, it's emotional feeling. A mind, as he explains, is detached. A mind is not feelings. A mind is an objective observer, a healthy mind. Then there's a second type of ill of all. 
where they're made up of the same thing. An example he gives is a branch from a tree. A tree grows. A tree naturally... So a branch is, a, is effect, an effect from the cause, which is the tree, but it's the same personality. It's a piece of... It's growing out of the tree. It's an extension of the tree. It's not a separate entity. So in explaining the... the so now, in this chapter of Lamentes, he primarily focused on the first ilval, but to explain it, he went into a whole discussion and saying, so how are these midas born from meichen? They're separate entities. So he explains it, because meichen itself also has midas sheba meichen. That when a person conceives of an idea and develops it, there comes a point where you get excited, but we'll call it intellectual excitement. It's not emotional excitement. It's like you're, just like a, like you're reading and saying, oh wow, this is amazing. That doesn't mean, like he says, that it's amazing for me. The thing is amazing. Like you could learn about the power of a neshama. And then say, wow, every Jew is an amazing thing. It's a soul that God sent to this earth. Every soul has unbelievable power. That still doesn't mean you like everybody. Like a lot of people say, he's a great guy, but he's not for me. Why don't you go love him? You know? That, 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 that's not what we're talking about. So then there's meichen midas, sheba midas as they stand on their own, where you say, the words exactly what he says. He says, meichen will say, this thing is good. Midas will say, midas not a meichen. Midas sheba meichen will say, this thing is good. Midas on itself would say it's good for me. Basically, it's the difference between objective good and subjective good. So he explains that the birth of Midas, the way real Midas, which means that it's good for me, is born from first saying that it's good in general. So really there's three levels. There's a person contemplates something. There there's no feelings at all. As he gets deeper into it, he begins to arouse, arouses a feeling, but it's a Midas Shevimechim. And it's not from the same substance as Meichen. It's already a spilus. But it's a spilus that's intellectual type of excitement. And then comes, that gives birth to a real Mida, which is that it's good for me. So it's not just Ava, I li- that the thing is likable, but I like it. And that brings a, a, a Ava Hashem, Yudas Hashem. So we can, in our minds, we can appreciate God, but it doesn't still mean that you love God. It means that you think it's, it's good to love such an entity. Whether you're loving it or not is not necessarily there yet. Because a mind by nature is detached. The kavan, of course, is to come down. So here we see an ilavaol of, of one entity different than another, but one giving birth to the other. Literally like a child. A child doesn't, is not going to be a clone of its mother or father. It's a separate entity. A child can end up doing things that are very different than their parents. Not like a branch of a tree. But it comes from... The cause of it is the is the are the parents, in this case the mechen. And then he says at the end of this chapter he says in other places it explains that midas sheba mechen is not really midas, it's mechen. That part of intelligent understanding of something is that you have a spilus that you appreciate the thing. And in that case, then the birth of midas is not really the birth of a new entity. In this case, it would be he says. That in this case, the, the effect will be actually a reflection of the, the source. So this, he's just qualifying and saying that, that you could also explain is like the second type of ilavol, that it's a reflection. It doesn't elaborate, but essentially it really comes down to when the excitement in the mind is it a midas dika thing or is it a mechan dika thing. You can really interpret it both ways. So the primary way is to say it's a midas dika thing, but it's still in mechan, so it's not yet... It's, it's not about, well, it's good for me. It's just that it's good, but it's a different personality. I mean, it's a very dakosdika difference, a very subtle difference, because either way, it's not pure meichen. The question is, 
Is it more meichin or is it more midas? Either way, he, that's, and he basically focuses on those. So all this is coming is still middle of explaining and trying to understand that chachmen and bin are fundamentally different. So he's going to conclude this in the next chapter that we're going to learn now. We had a discussion about this chitzenius ispashto shalei. That he said a line here. I just want to comment on that. And one more thing after that. That since the all the effect is not from the same uchus as the cause, Midas is not the same personality as Mechen. It's a different entity. So he says, So when you say that the cause encompasses the all, it's only the Chetzenius Hispastor Shalei Levad. So I initially interpret this as being that the Chetzenius Hispastor of the Midas. Because real Mida comes out when you have a real emotion, when you feel that it's for me. Like he says, the definition of a midah is hergish atzmi. That I feel something. In Meichin, it doesn't matter what you feel. You know, for example, someone can come to you as a judge or as a rav or a mashpia, and, you can, and, and someone will ask you, you know, um, is it good to smoke? And you'll say, no, it's not good to smoke. And then he sees you smoking. Because you're telling him what the facts are. What you're doing personally is not, it's not going to affect your midas. I'm just giving you an, a, a stupid example. Huh? Like, like, yeah, right. Um, and that, so he so he says Chetzenius is partially. So I was interpreting it in the context, but it appears, especially from the kitzer and also the parentheses right afterwards, that Chetzenius is partially is referring to that the midas and the meichin is only the out, the outer part of meichin. It's not essential meichin. And truth is, both is basically bottom line is that the two things are separate entities. Because in the parenthesis he also said, that the bina is a different separate from Chachma, and therefore it comes from the expression of Chachma, not from the essence of Chachma. Anyway, the thing I wanted to add, which I think is very vital, because when you learn this, you could think this whole thing is seemingly a tangent. He's talking about it, it's talking about how to connect from our structure to Alakus, which is a big part, just to use the example I was using, the Esosphere Agnusis is the place where God envisions our existence, our reality. It's like an artist who envisions a certain piece of art. Now, this artist could have created other pieces of art. Like he said, Sphiris Enkets, there could have been an infinite amount of structures. But God chose and wanted to create this type of structure, exactly as we see it. Demem Tzemeya Chaim Medaber human beings like us, Seichel, Midas, the whole thing. Being that God envisioned it that way, so we can connect to that part of God. And through that we can connect to the rest of God that's beyond that vision. That's essentially a big part of what we learned. So, so it makes sense that we have to understand what Erpinimi is. But this whole detailed discussion of Chachma and Bina, you could argue, what is it, just an example of Erpinimi? You could argue that. But if you really look closely, it's not the case. The Rebbe Rashab here is showing, based on a fundamental klal, this is Elam Katan Zeh Adam, what we call in English microcosm, macrocosm. It's called a hologram. You know what a hologram is? A hologram means that there's images, that every detail of the image has the whole image within it. Basically the concept microcosm, macrocosm, which means it's not like two worlds. You have things that are small and things that are big. Even the big things reflect in the small, and the small things are, 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 are microcosm of the big. So a human being, we have within us Demim Semeya Chaim We have mineral is our bones, 
we have like Tzemeach is hair and nails. So this says Chai is like the Chai that we have, our emotions, like like an animal. I don't mean like an animal, so like a beast, but like you know we're alive. And then Meichin is uh, is is medaber. We have the ability to communicate, to, to think independently, and so on. And it goes much more details than that. So everything is a microcosm, macrocosm, which is why also in the elements you have Atzilus Abiyah Hapratim, Abiyah Klolin. It always is everywhere. But the same is true here. The connection is Chochmem Bina, the microcosm, is essentially really Eid HaBligvul and Eid HaGvul Lamaila. That So it's not just an example of Eid premium. That's why he's focusing so much on Meichem Da'abba's Lamaila Mishtashel. So in a way, Meichem Da'abba Bedakus is Esesviz Bliketz, higher than Esesviz Sagnuzis. And Bina is like Esesviz Sagnuzis. So you're seeing the whole thing play itself out now just on a smaller level. So the interface is beautiful, because wherever you go, you have these two dimensions. Something that is in, in structure, something beyond structure. Wherever you turn. Now you could say the whole thing, you could say Atzillus is beyond structure, and beyond structure. So in Atzillus Gufa, you could say Meichen is beyond structure, and Midas is structure, which he said. So he's showing here that even in the smallest level, even in Meichen itself, which generally, as he spoke earlier, Midas is existence. I feel something. That's me. So he says, in Meichen too, you also have a part of it, it's me. Bina is more structure. And Chochm is beyond structure. So this is not just a Maimar Amuzgur or a detailed explanation of Eris Premium. It's also that. But it's also a taste of the interface working, so-called, within Seder Shtalshels as well. And this is going to be very relevant later, because later Chochm becomes a major theme of being the real place where uh, the, the world structure existence meets beyond existence. So the mind, the fact that God created a mind, I'm, I'm just giving a preview of what's going to say later. The, the mind, if we were not created with a mind, we'd have no way to have Seichel, a relationship with Eivishter. Like I said before, a slave and a master and a slave. An Evid and an Odin. The Evid doesn't have to have Seichel. He has to just fulfill what God wants him to fulfill. If God wants him to have Seichel, so it's also, but for him there's no difference. But if you want a relationship, the way the structure of existence, we, if we want to have a relationship, we have to know what, what God is about. We have to learn about it. you want a relationship, I want to need to know who you are. That's why Moshe has these long discussions with Abraham. Who are you? What's your name? You know, tell me, tell me something about yourself. The whole discussion on Har Sinai, after the Chet is about, tell me who you are. Hareni nochvedecha. And Abish says, you could see me, you can't see me, my face, my back, whatever. The bottom line is, it's a discussion of, I need to know who you are. Why does he need to know who you are? You're, you're a creature, and he's a creator. Because God wants a relationship. It's like an ish v'isha. Matan Teda was a chasana. It wasn't just a, 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 an encounter between uh, heaven and earth. It's called yem chasana. It's a marriage. And, and has many... Marriage l'mata is nishtalso from marriage l'mata. So bottom line is, so, every, so the whole idea of Meichen really, the mind lets, an animal does not have a relationship with God. An animal is a creature of God. It's like a, it's like a tool. You can't say a hammer or a screwdriver or tools have a relationship with the one who's using them. You could say, we, they're my tools. I need them to, do what I, to get fulfill what I want to get done. But you're not going to hammer, it's not going to build a relationship with the person who's using the hammer. When it comes to, however, human being, because we, we have a relationship, how does a relationship begin? By being going out of your own self. An animal was created to take care of its needs. Have children, feed them, 
hunt, die, next generation. Gendikt. Like he says in Tanya. They never change their course. A human being, we look up, we start thinking where we come from and what's about on. That's why human beings have neurosis. You never see an animal that has neurosis unless it's under the influence of human being. They don't have mishigas. They just do with the job, and that's it. Invite the gang. Human beings have all kinds of stuff. We're restless. We get depressed. On this and that, moods, stuff like that. It's all part of because we're able to go out of our own box. Meichen symbolizes that more than anything else because Meichen means you can learn something that you're not. If you were just a creature of survival, a product of survival, then all you need to know is how do I eat? How do I hunt? How do I get take care of my needs? And that's all that matters. And all your intelligence is what it says about animals. Seichel hanikna. Their wisdom is figuring out how to survive. So they're smart in hunting. But there's no such thing as, I want to know where my source is. I want to find out why I'm here. It doesn't, that, that concept doesn't exist. So so bottom line is that you have is a um, a relationship through meichen, through intellect, brings you to another dimension. So now we're going to learn the next chapter. So after talking this whole introduction, this whole introduction, we are uh, we're, we're beginning now chapter 40, page 68. It's all being recorded, so that's why... Uh, so um, so now he's going over to the next type of Ilava Allah. So it's the middle of the context of all this, as I said, just to repeat and summarize again. He's talking about how Hishtalshlus works, that Bina is connected to a process, Chochme is higher than process. To understand that, the process is talking about two types of processes. One is where there's a distance somewhat between the cause and the effect. Distance meaning there are different personalities. And the second is that they are of the same personality, which is what we're going to discuss now, like a tree and, a, and, a, and the limb of a tree, as opposed to a child coming out of a mother's womb. Both, one gives birth to the next. One is the cause of the other, but one is birth, giving birth to something different than itself, or a separate entity, and one is giving birth to something that's similar to itself. And both we're going to learn is not Chachmah. So even though he did say in the parentheses in the last chapter that Chachmah and Bina are similar to Meichen and Midas, meaning that Bina um, results, is also a result of Chachmah, meaning, but it's of a different personality. But as we'll see, real Chachmah, the etzim of Chachmah, does not have a process because it's a, fun, it's, it's, an akud, it's a point. This is the reason you cannot dissect a concept. When you conceive of an idea, the moment that you had a flash of an idea, you know, I suggested an exercise. Today you'll have a few ideas in your mind, I'm sure. Remember, as soon as you start talking about an idea, you already step away from Chochmah. The idea itself is very hard to bottle. It's very hard to describe. What is a pure flash of an idea like without Bina? Can you even describe it? You'll see it's very difficult to do. You can only describe it when you move away a moment from that concept. So the essence of Chochmah really is not subject to process. You can't bottle it. You can't do anything with Chachmah. All you can do is take the Chachmah, turn it into Bina, and flesh it out. But Chachmah itself is a point that always remains a point, and that's how it is. It's like the flash of an idea. You can't have that flash more than once. So now he's going now to page Mem, page Samaches, chapter Mem. And the second 
the second type of ilva'al cause and effect. Remember, the first one is meichin emidus. They're not they're not like you said. They're mahus acher. If you want to know the base of where he began, it's on page sixty-six. Uh, two, th- two thirds on the page, he says. So those are the terms. Either all, either the fact is a mahus acher, a separate entity, or it is a uh, reflection of the cause, a mistaif menu, an extension of it. That's the natural extension, like the branch of a tree. So now he's going to the second eifin. Eifin abeis beilavol who beinian ilavol b'meichin gufa. It's in cause and effect in intelligence itself. So the first ilavol primarily explained it is, is is mind and heart, intellect and emotions. One gives birth to the next, but they're separate entities. He says in intelligence itself, in meichin itself, in the cognitive process itself. There's also a cause and effect. What are they? Like the transmission of intelligence from a transmitter, a mashpia, to a recipient. Literally, mashpia makabel is a transmitter and a recipient. You have two entities here, cause and effect. But the seichel, the idea, that is being transmitted to the student, to the recipient, is not a separate muhus from the seichel of the teacher. In other words, the teacher is not giving him, let's say, an apple. An apple has nothing to do with an idea. He's conveying to him the idea that he has in his mind. He's just conveying it to him on a lower level. But you can't call it a different personality. You can't say it's, some, it's, it's, made, it's a different substance. Midas is a different substance than Meichen. Midas, as we spoke, is emotions, it's feelings. Subjective feelings, objective feelings, but it's a feeling. However, you explain it. Here, it's seichel. It's just seichel coming to another level. You can't say it's a separate entity. You can only say is that rather it's a reflection, only a reflection from the idea within the teacher and the transmitter. So not only is it a reflection, it's going even further. It transmits from the concept, from the seichel, from the intelligence of the mashpia, not from the essence, not from the guva atzmus hamechin shalei, not from the the, the the core the core body and essence of his idea, of his intelligence. only from an external dimension, which is also a reflection. Does he mean that for positive or negative? I think for the positive. That even though it's external. It's also zogamkin ha'ad, or you can say it's negative. But bottom line, however, so he goes on. The chol ha'ad, the bottom line is that it's an it's it's not a muhus acher. As much as it's not from the etzem of his seichel, it's like the branch of a tree. A branch of a tree is not a new entity. It's made up of the same substance as the tree. And not like you know, if a branch of a tree suddenly, for example, developed uh, feelings. Yeah, where did it come from? The branch of a tree is an extension of a tree and therefore has the same substance as the tree. Midas, though they're born in Meichen, the mind leads to Midas, however he interprets it, whether it's the end of an intellectual process or it's a new 
element in the mind. But regardless, it has a different type of personality. Pure intellect is detached. And as soon as you're excited about something, you're already talking about some type of uh, feeling. Here, the seichel is not from the etzem. In other words, you can't say a branch of a tree is the goof etzem ha eights. The branch is not the tree. It's only a branch of the tree. But you also can't call it a separate entity. So again, this is just again yet another example of how this interface works, where it keeps on this very subtle place that it's it is it and it's not it, because that's the whole point. You want to have something that's independent of the source, but you want it to be also be able to connect to the source. So there's both. It's like it's like let's call it the mediation, for example, two people who disagree. Now I've given this example many times. Later he uses it. Two people disagree, like we say in the morning in davening. Two psokim, two verses contradict each other. Then comes Ashlishi, comes a third verse, and reconciles. What's true reconciliation? So many people in mediation will say each one compromises. I, one person demands from another ten thousand dollars. No, they only deserve two thousand. So a mediator will say, you know what? Let's meet halfway. Give him uh, eight thousand difference. Give him six thousand dollars. So you, you add four, you take off four. Whatever. And then they negotiate. So they may be happy with the end result, but both of them gave up something. True mediation is where both is win-win. Where they both realize something they didn't realize before. They realize that they have something to benefit from each other, and it's not, they're not compete, competition. It would be like the mediator would show, these are not two verses that contradict each other. You dig deeper, each one adds something that the other one needs. And they both go away happy because they discovered something new. So real mediation, so when you say, how does God connect to the universe? How do we connect to, to someone? So you could say either God has to give something up, so it's not so divine, or we have to give something up, so it's not so human. Ultimate goal is that you remain human and you can be connected to God all the way. How is what the, is the theme of Ayin Beis, Exodus in general? So the point here is that we're constantly going back and forth. Like that's why it's so important to understand, is it a muhusachar, is it not a muhusachar? So in some situations, you want to have a distance from the other thing. Sometimes you want to find commonality. So like in this case, a branch of a tree is a new entity, but it's not, it's a, but it's not, and I'm sorry, it's not a different entity, even though it's a, another entity, so to speak. Okay, so you're going to, the chol ha'ara shabom b'chines yilavol b'hechra shagame yilavol b'chines ha'aralavad. Because every reflection that comes in the form of cause and effect, you must say that also the cause is only a reflection. Ah, that's what he meant. He added something now. This goes back to something we learned earlier. It goes like this. When the teacher communicates to a student, so we just said he's communicating of the same substance. It's intelligence. It's an idea. Let's say you want to learn the stuff, like we're learning here. You want to discuss Atsilas. So a teacher may have a very profound understanding of Atsilas. He's explaining it now to a student. He's not explaining to him Bria. He's not explaining to him 2 plus 2 is 4. He's not explaining to him what Shabbos is. He's explaining to him Atsilas. So you're of the same substance. Same idea. However, it's only a reflection of what the teacher really knows. It's only a reflection like a branch of a tree. Then he says... It also comes from the outer part of the intelligence of the teacher, not from the goof and etzem. And also that outer part in the teacher is also a reflection. That's what he's adding. 
that within the mind of the teacher, there's two stages. There's how the teacher understands it and how he's communicating. What he's going to communicate is coming from the outer dimension of what he understands. So it's a reflection. And the student is getting a reflection of the reflection, basically. That's what he says here. You have to say that also the ila, if something is coming... The ila is the cause? Yeah, the ila is the cause. So the chola, here's the rule here. The Every reflection that comes like a cause and effect, you have to say that also the cause was only a reflection. What's the reason behind that? Okay, he's going to say in the parentheses. The reason the Bapashtus is because he's going back to what he said earlier. If the cause, if the teacher did not, was unable to have an outer dimension of his intelligence, how would the jump take place? How is it possible that a student, how, how could he bring that idea to him? The teacher would not be able to, if the teacher didn't have that type of symptom within himself, then there would be no way he could communicate it to a student. You see this, you see people who are brilliant, they understand ideas, and you ask them to speak about it, you can't understand a word they're saying. And not because they don't get it, they just don't know how to limit their flow. They just start talking, talking, talking. Or, or don't say anything, whatever it is. So basically he's saying that if the ill of all, if, the, if, if we're dealing with a ha'ara that comes in that type of process, you have to say the cause is also a uh, reflection and not the etzim thing. Where is that larger gap? Between? Do the etzim or the seif or the ha'ara? It's a very good question. It's a very good question. Um, based on what he's saying here, I'm not sure. Based on other parts of this Hemshech, he usually speaks that the gap is always the lower, the, the going to the students is usually a bigger gap because you're going outside. So in other words, for for example, let's talk, I said this was a microcosm for Lifni Simpson. For God, who has infinite possibilities to create Sphiris Enkets, for him to decide Sphiris is a closer connection between the Esser and the Bligvul than there is between the Esser before the Tzimtzum and then after the Tzimtzum. That's why you need a Tzimtzum. So, because in the source, everything is still, for the teacher, his summary or his his um, Tzimtzum, his concealment or trying to express only the outside is, is only an outer part of his inner dimension. So it's very close to his depth. As a matter of fact, you could even argue more than that. The teacher that can explain to a student something understands the concept better than someone who can't. Because he's able, he understands the depth of it, so he's able to communicate it to people who have, who don't even have yet the context. But it's a very good question in this whole context because it ultimately comes down to is that we need both. Sometimes you need distance, and sometimes you need closeness. That's the whole dance of life. That's to to, to create this relationship where you, you 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 integrate it, but you also realize it's beyond you. You know, you're bochrim, but one day when you're married, you'll find out this this mystique. That it's 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 a, <laughs> the paradox. <laughs> as soon as you think you got it, you find that you don't get anything. <laughs> the ego. No, because he says clearly before he says Yeser from the Alter Rebbe, Masha Enarech Asiel Legabat Silus is Atzilus Enarech Legabat Ensef. Yeah, you, you, that that I, I was, I'm glad you bring it up because I, on the other hand, you could say that also. The yeah, the other way around. But I would put it this way: bottom line is, from our perspective, for sure, the Tzimtzum edition 
the big the, the big jump is the Tzimtzum addition. And the jump from Bligvul to Gvul, remember for him Gvul is also just as Bligvul. So you could say it's Bechal not a jump. From us it's a jump. Yeah. By God it's not such a jump. The big jump is actually from Atzmus, built in Mitzis Nimtza to Eir. That I think is the biggest of all, if you really want to talk about big. That an Atzmus, built in Mitzis Nimtza, wants to manifest in a, in some time. Yeah. That, so that's in Mamish Irak. Always the distance between Eir Shekadmu Kekadmuse to Atzmus is probably the most distant of all when you really get to it, fundamentally. Even though you say it's Kadim Kekadmuse. That's the par- that ultimately that's where the paradox is. Yeah, yeah. The answer to that is because it's tachlos habitl, but God wants a mitzias, so it just comes together. Mitzias and built mitzias comes together. I mean, we can't relate it because we see everything as structure, but you could conceptually understand. Yeah. That's where, uh, you know, that's I know that's where you want to hang out. The problem is God wants us al He wants us after the tzimtzum. You know, all of us when we. The tendency when we start learning about those higher levels, that's where you want to hang out. I want to know what's going on. Atmos and how he gets to Eir. Right, exactly. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, he wants you in the basement and then figure out from the basement how to get there. But he says, but more importantly, he says you can't get to the roof if you don't go to the basement. Let's put it this way. (laughs) This is the, yeah. And the basement, as we know, can be quite dark. It's not just a basement. <laughs> That's right. Because a ye- the Yesh of Elam Haza teaches you the distance between Eir Atzmus and Eir. See, Eir itself can convince itself it's pretty close, you know. Because uh, it doesn't, I'm nothing of myself. What do you want, you know? So uh, uh, let's put it this way a masculine or an Evid with Dreitz of around the Melech can Zachain that he's very close, you know. It's when you get out there, you realize that you're also not that very close. We're all pretty, we're all equally distant, and equally close. But let's go back. Uh, we got to go back to to Elam Hazer, uh, so to speak. So anyway, he's going to now explain in the parentheses what he means by because he said interesting thing. He said Ha'ara Shabab You could argue since when is Ha'ara a reflection of all? Sunlight is not a core effect of sun. I mean, technically it's an effect, but it's, it's Eir and Moir usually use, don't use Ilav Ol on that. Ilav Ol you usually use on something that doesn't, is not connected to its source. That's the example. What's the difference between Ilav Ol and Eir and Moir? That Eir is always connected to its source. Ilav Ol can separate. For example, you could cut off a branch of a tree. And it's still a branch and the tree remains intact. It's of the same substance. So he's just going to qualify this in the parentheses. He's going to say it like this. Light or for energy compared to its source is not in the form of cause and effect. Ella, what is it? There's two ways he's going to explain. One way you could say is it's a reflection from the atom. So let's say yeah. So even though this reflection is meaning it's according, it's commensurate, it's according to what the Atzim is like. In other words, for example, Eir HaShemesh is light sunlight. Eir HaLavona is moonlight. Eir HaNer is a flame from a candle. It's a different type of light. So even though light is according to its source, each light is different based on its source. 
Nevertheless, it's infinitely distant from the source. You cannot compare light to its source. As far as they're not they're not close at all. They're completely one is a source and one is a reflection. Like he sells elsewhere. A different way you can explain air and air. Or the energy or the light is coming through a simsum, a concealment. A removal of the essential energy. And therefore it is infinitely distant. Okay, stop, stop here. So bottom line, he's saying that Ba'etzim really, Eir and Moir, are not in the form of cause and effect. Because cause and effect are, relative, are, 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 connect, are uh, related to each other. Even though Midas, for example, compared to Meichen, are a different entity, but they're not uh, infinite and finite. They're in the same world. And also here, in Meichen itself, a teacher to a student, he's giving him the same idea. Yes, he's distant from him, he's not in the same level, and so on and so forth. But it's the same idea. Eir and Moir are completely two separate things. You can't call it cause and effect. So he's speaking two ways that it's Ein Arech. One is that it's a reflection even without its symptom. Even if you don't conceal Eir in one drop, as soon as it's sunlight, it's not the sun. Someone says to you, sunlight and the sun the same thing? No, they're not the same. They're not the same at all. A sun is a whole body. It gives off light. Sunlight can't do anything. Sunlight, all it is, is, is expressing... Sunlight doesn't have the power. The sun is a source. Sunlight is an effect. Not an effect, like it's not all, but it's just a reflection, so it's Einarech. Or, if the energy goes through Tzimtzum, then for sure it's Einarech. Then it's even more distant. What he's talking about here, this is the end of the parentheses. He's trying to qualify when he said the word Ha'ore, he doesn't mean Ha'ore as an Eir and Moir. He means reflection as just as a coming, as, as outside of the source of the teacher's mind. He doesn't mean it as Eir. In other words, when the idea from a teacher goes to a student, you can't compare that to, let's say, the light that comes from the sun. It's not at all that. An example of Ha'ara from Ashpi, but you know what it would be? That if you were able to, let's say, be, you became a Meshamish to your teacher, and you just saw his whole being, you became like a Shliach. Then you could say maybe you're getting a Shtikl Ha'ara of him. But here you're getting a piece of an idea, just one idea. You're not dealing with a reflection of the teacher here. So he's saying, the one we're discussing here, a reflection that comes in cause and effect, that means there's an erech between the two. There's a uh, relationship. How would you translate erech? There's a proportion, there's a, a commensuration, a commensuration. Erech means there's a commonality. There's a commonality between them. There's no commonality between Oyer and Moir. And through the manifestation of the cause, to conceive of the effect, you have to say that the cause also is a reflection, which you can't say with sunlight or with any real ayur and moir. There's no such thing as the moir has within it also ha'ara, and that's why it creates ha'ara. It doesn't exist like that. There's a moir, and it gives off light. That's it. It's an etzem, it's a luminary that gives off light. Here, we're talking about a progression. A progression. How does the progression work? The progression works, it's not, it's not a reflection. You're, you're taking an idea. The teacher has to take the first, has to only relate to the reflection of the idea. And then he gives that to the student. So both the ill and the ol are both 
in the category of a reflection of an original idea. And this is that the Savasa that when the court effect comes into being, emerges, that happens through the fact that the, that the effect has some hasoga from the source. In other words, the student can has some comprehension of what the mind of the teacher is like, what the idea is like. Hmm? No, no. It can it can carry and and transmit what the moir wants, but no, it's like it's like it's like an evidence. It's like it's like a, a messenger that's just passing on things that doesn't have a relationship to. Forget it. if it has a relationship, it's an entity. The whole idea of moir is a bottle. As soon as you say as a hot up, the hot garnish. As soon as you have something, you're not you, you don't belong there. The whole point is that you have nothing. And you have no problem with that. That's the key. That that's what's that air is fundamentally is is not meant to have a personality. Or else it ceases being something, you know? I mean that's really what it comes down. It's a hard concept to relate to because we don't have that so much. You know, we have independence. But a true air does has no independence at all. And even if God says to air, I want you to be independent, it has no idea what to know what, what that means. Tell me what to do, I'll do it. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what that word means. Yeah, Yesh has it. Yeah. And, 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 and Eir brings it to the Yesh also. But it doesn't relate to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, when I said the example where the guy who couldn't read has someone reading for him and he reads that his father passed away. So this guy is reading on and this one faints. So she says, the Eir brought him the message. But the Eir doesn't get affected by it. You know, that's example. Anyway, but now he's adding something. Okay, let's see where he's going with this. Like midas and mechen, that's the first ill of all. The emotions and the mind. That happens through the fact that the haaris hamechen, there's some reflection of the intelligence within the heart. Like it says, bina liba. That the bina is connected to the heart. That means emotions have in it Well, the liba is the liba has the bin. Obah halev maven lias mezay seiras amidus. What's obah? Hmm. In ear. Right, in, in ear. Within the heart. Obah halev maven. The bottom line is that within the mid there's 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 bina there's intelligence and and with that the lev understands the bina liba the lev understands that it should have an awakening of emotions.
This is the slapsus, the manifestation of the cause inside the effect. That means that the energy of the mind, intellectual, cognitive energy, manifests in slapsus and dresses up to be understood, to be comprehended and felt in the heart. And through this, the, cre- the, the formation, the coming into being of the effect is commensurate with and has a commonality with the source. Just a second. Okay. What he's saying here is like this, what he's adding. Just <laughs> to understand what he's adding here. He's trying to build a case here for the fact that this ill of all, the second type of ill of all, are of the same substance. That's how he began. Not two separate things. So he began by saying, yes, there's, there, is a, there is definitely two entities here. And the student does not receive the etzem, the essence of the idea from the teacher. And he only receives a reflection. And only an external. And more than that, even the teacher, that's already, already an external part of his idea, that one that's going to emerge in the student. So basically the student is getting a reflection of a reflection, to put it that way. Nevertheless, they're still of the same substance. There's still this idea. It's not something new. What I think he's adding here after the parentheses is saying that therefore the, the student has within himself things from the teacher. He has a comprehension of the teacher. As much as it's a reflection, as much as it's an external, it's still a comprehension of the teacher. And he's giving an example for it and maybe even a proof from Meichen and Midas. Because Meichen and Midas are even more apart than a teacher and a student. That's the whole point that he made last chapter. And still, Midas have in them something from Meichen. Before he was speaking about how Meichen has within it Midas. Now he's speaking that Midas have something from Meichen. That's Bina Libe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So the emotions have something and that is what causes them to have to be to uh, to be, to give to be born in the so this he did not discuss earlier so now he's going back to Mashpia Makabel I was thrown a little because he's bringing Meichen Midas which is the other ill of all why is he bringing it here but it looks like it's almost like a Kol Shkem Makabel that if it's there there's a connection then for sure here there's one so he says V'chem B'Mashpia Makabel Harisechel Makabel Masik Harisechel Mashpia the intelligence of the the mind of the t- student understands the mind of the teacher. And he becomes somewhat similar to it. As I said, there's not, there's no relationship here. Eiren Moir does not have that. Yeshma'ayin does not have that. Ilav'ol has that. So bottom line, Ilav'ol has all kinds of different things going on. There's a certain separation, because one is cause, one is effect. But there's a certain commonality. That's the bottom line with Ilav'ol. Yeshma'ayin there's no commonality. In a different way, there's no commonality. Yesh Ma'ayin is the farthest because the Yesh Chal doesn't reflect the Ayin. In Eir and Moir, the Eir reflects the Moir, but it's not. It's, it's, it's of a different entity. It's not the same. This is a heart, this is a reflection, this is an essence. In Il of you're dealing with a process where the cause and effect are far closer to each other. Bottom line. However you interpret that closeness. So this student is getting a comprehension of the idea within the teacher's mind, no matter how much it's a reflection, 
no matter how much it's been diminished, it's still that substance. The kirva Allah la iluhu mashal masig yeser esayila, And when the, the the effect gets closer, the the closer, the, when the effect gets closer to the cause, means that he masig yeser he uh, appreciates even more the the cause. Like we spoke, like I mentioned earlier, what means kiruv here? Not physical. It means like when you're closer to the source, you you appreciate more of it. So you see here levels. Everything is a levels here process. Like after a teacher transmits an idea to a student, and Kishmaya, when you when you delve deeper, and you exert yourself, yourself, and the idea that was transmitted, and he comes to even a deeper depth and a more internalized understanding of the idea. This is means that the the effect is getting closer to and elevating closer to its source. So bottom line is like this. A teacher transmits an idea. It's coming from the reflection from the outer dimension. But the cause, the effect is the student that's receiving the idea. He has a commonality because it's the same idea, just on a different level. Then as the student wants to understand it better, he, de- he delves deeper into it and he climbs closer to the cause. So there's a process here, a real process of gradations more or less, more or less, closer, more distant. As he's going to say, this is a shtalshlis. Chachma doesn't have such an idea. This is only possible really in Bina. So maybe why he brings Bina Liba also. So here we go. So when the student is digging deeper and delving deeper into the concept, he gets closer to the cause. Why? Because because through this, through his delving deeper, he le- he goes away from, he discards, he uh, he uh, whatever he ex- he uh, leaves behind. He goes uh, he goes out of his grubkite, his coarse, his what was the word we kept the crassness as of comprehension by Inyan in the subject matter. And he comes more to the sublime. Or you could say, Daku's uh, uh, subtle and spiritual concept. You know, remember I mentioned before about time and space. When we begin as students to learn about time and space, you think in time and space as past, present, and future. Tall, short, first, second floor, fourth floor. Someone that teaches you, let's talk about Ruchnius now. Ruchnius, the time and space, is defined by measure, how much energy there is. You right away have to go to a different place. Now, how well you'll understand that is going to be how far you go away from your Chumri Sa'asoge to a more edel approach. As long as you stay with your crass tools, you're never going to get it. I'll give you an example. There was a physicist in the 30s. I forgot his name. So he was asked, how can the, these, all these physicists come to these all kinds of weird conclusions about subatomic particles? There's a lot of bizarre ideas in quantum mechanics. We won't go into them right now. No one ever saw an atom, let alone a subatomic particle. So he gave an unbelievable example. He said, imagine a fisherman spread his net across all the seas and and started collecting all types of fish. He started documenting the fish. Blue fish, red fish, green fish. This size, this species, this shape, this form. He documents all the fish. Then he comes up with a brilliant conclusion. 
after studying it all and seeing all the measurements, he says, you know, there are no fish in the sea that are shorter than a half inch long. And he's about to make an announcement to the whole world that he discovered something. There's no fish shorter than a half inch long. Look, he did all the documentation. He spread the sea. He went over all the seas and there's not one fish shorter than a half inch long. Brilliant. So he's about to make the announcement. He's rehearsing it. And his little kid walks into his room. You know, the emperor with no clothes, right? The kid walks into the room and says, what, what? He says, there's no fish. This kid says, what do you mean there's no fish? I've seen fish. And the child looks at the net that his father used. The net has half-inch spaces. So all the fish that are shorter than half-inch fell back into the water. This was his example. He says, you're coming to a conclusion to things. You don't First look at what tools you're using. Someone will say, there's no such thing as love. Because I can't see it. I don't know where, what shelf is it on? What store can I buy it in? There's no such thing as truth. There's no such thing as God, for that matter. It all depends what tools you're using. So no problem. If the professor would get up and say, when I use a net that has half-inch spaces, I will never catch fish that's shorter than half-inch long. But no one needs him for that brilliance. That everyone can figure out. So this is very much how we relate to things. We use a crack. Chumri's Sasoga is when you use your media tools if you want to refine yourself, you have to refine your tools. It's not just, I'm going to get a new idea. Sometimes you have to push it going to a whole different echaz thinking. Think out of the box. You know, here's another example of just show people, like, you know, solutions. When you hear a wise person give you a solution to a problem that you were struggling with, you'll always see that their solution is not just they, they had a new, something you didn't think of. Something you never would have thought of because your whole mindset doesn't think like that. It's a whole different quality. So they have this mind, they have this mind, uh, like a quiz, you know, whatever, mind game. Uh, but thinking out of the box. You're looking for a shidduch all your life. You know, you're desperate. You're looking for your soulmate. You're driving down the street. And you see a woman that looks nice, and you're attracted to her. I said, maybe it's my soulmate. But right near her is standing a guy that is like a person who's like a cripple with an attendant. And they wave you down, and they say, we need a ride quickly to the hospital. What do you do? What's the ethical thing to do? You're looking your whole life. Should you pick up the girl and say, let's go on a date? Or should you take this guy to the hospital? So you can have people arguing about this for hours. You know, if you think from the perspective of you're, you're responsible for yourself, take care of your needs first. Someone else can drive the guy. If you think about really what's right, you have to do what's right. What do you mean? Who cares about who says this is the right girl for you? Maybe it's not, etc. And then you can, people will debate this forever. And then the, the solution is simple. Park your car, tell the attendant to drive the guy, and spend time with her. Most people will never come with that solution because they don't think of, why should I give up my car? But if it's so important to you, your soulmate, maybe you have to give up your car. I'll just give you an example of a solution most people would not think of. And everybody benefits. He drives into the hospital, you have your date, invite the guy just give you an example. There's hundreds of things like this. I'm just giving, trying to give you an example of what means going out of your chum. It means going out of your mindset and how you see things. And you get closer to the ilah means you begin to refine it more to the point where you can appreciate it on that on that uh, level. And just I gave some examples. That's all. I'm, I'm interesting why he says b'derech klal. He says and in general. When you do this, when you go out of your crassness, of your way of understanding, you come to a more sublime and more subtle way of this. Generally speaking, 
your mind gets more refined through the process. Why is it that a chal comes from mazbizayin? It seems to me you every time gets. Uh, now, because maybe there are people who can grasp something deeper, but they don't really get refined. What does that mean? But seichel gets refined. Okay. Yes, la'ayin with the bederach klalas. We need a scenario. Why would someone's mind not get refined by this process? Yeah, maybe like chameleons, they know how to fake it. You know, they can like make believe they understand something deeper, and they actually do, but they're not really refined as a result. It's like they play along. Okay, we'll think out of the box for a day, but they don't really think out of the box. Maybe that's what he's referring to. Remember, you have to have a box first before you think out of the box. So anyone tells you they think out of the box, tell them, tell me your box first. The Rebbe once said to somebody who got drunk, put him, he says, first you have they have Yoda before you get to Adela Yoda. <laughs> they have to have Ram. Yeah. I'm part trying to say, is, is before you get to Atmos, first figure out Akun, Akudim, Unukudim, Vrudim, and Lichten, Atmos, Lichten. That's true. He's saying the same thing is when you climb this ladder is also with Midas and Mechen. He's really interchanging between the two ill of Allahs, frankly. But the same thing is Midas that when there's a, a, a when intelligence radiates in them even more abundantly, increasingly, then the emotions also become in a state of subtlety and refinement that are not sensed and not felt so much. He's really going backwards here. Before he was speaking how Meichin has Midas within it to bring it down to Midas. Now he's speaking how the effect is returning to its source, to its cause, and getting more refined in the process. So in other words, because before the whole point was Midas was what's good for me. Now he's saying that when Midas are affected by intelligence, they start getting less about me and more about the, the something more objective. It's all just to explain to us this second He's going here, one second, but he's going to finish it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But remember, I told you, this is not just a, 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 a tangent. The, the, this is the gate to the, the whole interface. Because it's, it's about how two entities connect. We're just talking more bedak, more, more, more protis. But it's the same idea. You can see clearly. I mean, you learned this and we learned before. I mean, you read it. Mamish, you see similar, the spirit is the same. That it's, is, is it Mitzias? Is it not Mitzias? This constant tug of war. I mean, I, I, every page in I base I see it. I have not yet seen a page that doesn't address this tug. Back and forth, back and forth. And it makes everybody who's learning it crazy because you say, is it this or it's that? And the answer is it's both. And, and Exactly, exactly. And, and, and it's meant, someone said to me, this is making me so, uh, what's the word he's used for me? It's so, uh, so unner- unnerving me. Because I, I can't get, I can't be at peace. I learn a chapter, and the next chapter says, but on the other hand, and then you go to the next chapter, another on the other hand. So I said, that's the point. You have to start getting at peace with not being so at peace. You know, you're too, you know, you want to have it all. It's really the truth. There's a title that says, Tamid Chacham Ein Lehem Menucha Lebe Elam Hazav Lebe Elam Hab. Or Tzadikim. Eminut. But that says, Yem Shekulei Shabbos Menucha Lechai Same word, Menucha. Is it, is it complete menucha or ain't la menucha? And it says elam abba, and elam abba also means lasulog. So one taich, I feel, and maybe the Rebbe said it once, is like this: that they'll be, at, they're at peace with the fact that they're not at peace. There are people that are restless, in unhealthy restlessness, 
which comes from, you know, uh, insecurity or fears or whatever. But then there's a very secure restlessness. You're restless because you are connecting constantly to God and God is always elusive. That's a healthy restlessness. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a person that, like, you know, the Alta Rebbe, they said that they sensed that he had a deep thing, that he's something he desires, that they, they thought he wanted to be king, czar. So he said, no, it's Avis Hashem. It's a, it's a burning passion. And you never have enough. And you're never complete. Chaylas Ava. When you come to that point, so let me ask you something. Would you replace your neurotic restlessness with that type of restlessness? It's your call. And the Rebbe says it. In Teirei, he brings from Zehar. Pasha Shmesh. He says that the, even when they were in Mitzrayim, they were worked hard. Right? Chaymer is bricks and mortar. They were forced to make these bricks and mortar with a, with a straw. You know, the whole thing. So first, the first obvious question is why Bechal? Why the Torah telling us exactly what is bricks? Who cares if it's Chaymer Levenim or it's, uh, you know. So the Zayah says, Chaymer da Kalva Chaymer and Levenim da Liban Hilchasa. Chaymer refers to a priori, what is that? Kalva Chaymer meaning, not with Chaymer as in bricks, but Chaymer meaning that from a lenient situation you can learn, derive a more harsher situation. It's, it's two ways of learning Torah. And Liban Hilchas is the, is the crystallization of Halacha. So the Rebbe asked the question, what kind of, you know, usually a deeper meaning of something has some connection to the meaning itself. Here you're talking about literally two opposites. Here you're talking about struggling Egyptian slavery and Holocaust, forcing them to in hard labor. And here suddenly Zayar goes out and teaches, it's a very uh, holy type of... So the Rebbe once said, I remember, he says, everybody in life has to struggle. It's your choice. It's going to be chem levenim, and you're going to work avedis perach, working in things that are slavery, work, or you're going to struggle in a, in a kavu in a concept in teira, or in how to crystallize an idea. And when you choose the second one, you don't have to have the first one. But everyone has to struggle. If you think life is going to be peaceful, then so that's an interesting idea. So, in case you're struggling, if you can replace the struggle with something more sublime. It, you, you won't need to have the other one. In Teirah Shalom, in Teirah Shalom, the Rebbe Rashab said to someone very sharp words. He said, "Everybody has to be broken. The question is, if you break yourself, it's going to it could be beches the barachna. If you wait till God breaks you, he said, Achmona Litzlan, you don't want it to wait. That's what he said. I'll show you. He said a line like that. You never saw it. It's very sharp." Yeah, yeah, he says such a line. He says, Then it's not in your terms always. So break yourself. No, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's put it this way. But then you're not going to ask you that. Yeah, that's how it is. So, we could choose. If you break your head and I am base, trust me, you'll stay out of a lot of trouble. So that's what you know. If it really bothers you, Pshat here, then you know, other things are not going to bother you as much. You just don't have that much time in your hard drive. You know? Okay, fine. See, this is a stick of Fabrengen also. It's not just pure learning. Okay. You just have to make sure that you don't go too crazy. And was Right, the bagel and putter. No, I'm yeah, absolutely. You have to have a sense of humor. 
and uh, like you know when they were that masnagim they making fun of the rest of the Alter Rebbe. You know, the Alter Rebbe wears a very heavy fur coat and he drives with three horses. And uh, what was the thing? And he cuts his nails after a shower, or whatever, after the mikveh. You know the story. They were making fun. They were like, food. huh? It's good food. It's meat or something. I don't know. The, I don't know the food. I don't remember the food one. The, the other three. So they wanted like you know they, they were like uh, somewhat cynical of the Rebbe. Now what's the deeper kabbalistic reason for all these things? So he says the fur coat because it's colder in the winter, it keeps you warm. The three horses takes you faster than one horse. And when you cut your nails after the mikveh, the nails are softer. It's easier to cut. So in other words, they want to taste me uh, like so. The Alter Rebbe is doing this all the time. They wanted like some type of make fun of the deeper kavanas. So he told them it's quite practical, <laughs> you know. <coughs> There's the krepel, Maismi the krepel, you know, the Mukubal. Shmuel Munkus, he was on a, he was, on, he was traveling, oh, and he met this, this the krepel. So he met this uh, guy, and the guy's like saying, where are you going? I'm going to meet the Alter Rebbe. Why are you going? He says, I'm a, I'm a Kabbalist, and I want to test him, see what he knows. So he says, you want to really test him? Ask him this question. He says, it's a Nukudah. A kav yetzema Nukudah v'mesagul. And it becomes of something. Whatever, he gave him some description. So the guy said, that's good. I'm, that's a good one. I'm going to ask him that. He says, uh, so he comes, he asks him the Alter Rebbe. And the Alter Rebbe looks at him and says, that's a krepel. You know, krepel achar. You know. You know, krepel, you start with a point and you make a little dough and it becomes a krepel. And later, the Alter Rebbe asked Shmuel Munkas, he said, this is, you know. So Shmuel Munkas said, said, yeah. He says, Shmuel Munkas said, I didn't want to waste the Rebbe's time. So I, I said, put him a question so the Rebbe should know right away who he is. <laughs> doesn't have to wait and talk to him Kabbalah for an hour and then find out that the guy is Achaych to more than Kreplach. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying, someone? What was someone saying? Okay, back there. <clears throat> huh? Yeah, the, the, that, that's the challenge. Or knowing how to masquerade as a normal person. Maybe that's more like it. Okay. So the same thing with Midas. So interestingly now, he's moved Midas before he was talking about how Midas, real Midas is, that's what's good for me. And now he's saying when Midas reach back to their source, their mother, their father, which is intelligence, they become more refined and less Murgish, less full of self. Okay, it's, it's not a contradiction. It's, it's both unnecessary. Well, I will say this. It's beautiful, actually, now that I think about it. Because God is really doing, making us really difficult. He's saying, have feelings, have selfish feelings, subjective feelings, but then make sure you bring them back to me. Instead, he's not saying stay in the mind and don't get involved emotionally. Get involved emotionally, because that's what emotions are. And then... Make sure your mind, don't let emotions go wild and just do whatever you like. Bring them back to the source and be more refined. So this is a real, it's called being a real gambler. That's what God is. He gambled by giving us free will. As what's his name said, you know, he said, uh, we must believe in free will, we have no choice. What do you think about that uh, uh, quandary? Hmm? That's the Yusad. I mean, everyone know about Pekhira? That's what you have to we must believe in Bechira. We have no choice. Okay. Because the Shaykh, now you're going to get the, the conclusion here. Above Rome. And all this is only applicable to a thing which is only a reflection. 
Because the essence is higher than comprehension. Oh. So we now talk three pages almost about a whole process, how things evolve from one state to another. And now he's saying, with all this and all the complications, it's still only the process. Because the essence of an idea, that is not subject to process. Like I mentioned before, you can explain somebody music from today to tomorrow. If they never heard music, they're going to know the mitzvahs, and you can study the science of music and all the types of... You put on a song, and they hear a song, ah! That's etzim. That, there's no process in that. Either you get it, or you don't get it. Now you need both, because you also want comprehension. I'm just giving an example of what... what the, obviously, etzim is deeper than that. It's just an example. So now he says like this. Okay. An example from all of this, will be understood above. The whole the whole evolution and the process of cause and effect is only possible in the level of Eirein Sof, divine light and energy. Where the, its mitzias is known, but not its muhus. You know that it exists, but you don't know what it's about, what it's really like. In the existence of divine energy, you can have comprehension. And there you have also a process. And the ishtalshus is the order. That the effect comprehends the cause, understands the cause. And it emerges in a way that's commensurate and proportionate with a commonality to the cause. But the essence of something that is not comprehensible, there's no cause and effect. There's no process. This is concluding what he said here. And this is what means that Meich and the Abba is higher than Ishtalshlus. Va'inyan, etzem, yeah. The inyan, this is, because it's known, this is the beginning of chapter 39, he's concluding. Remember he said that the Iker difference, the main difference between Chachma and Bina is that Chachma is tefez be'etzem adover, or Bina tefez be'etzem adover. I'm reading back in 39. He's now concluding that that's Shmiya. First line of 39 is basically the same thing here. So it's the, the, the inyan that's known Chochman Bina is seeing and hearing. It's a Maimah Chazal. You can't compare hearing to seeing. And the difference between them, Yudua, is also known. What's between hearing and seeing? They're not just two faculties. They function fundamentally different. You hear something from a distance. Which means, distance, You hear something, you don't see its essence. You hear it as if it's from a distance. Like a story being told to you. I see a beautiful painting, and I tell you on the phone, or I tell you later, I saw today something beautiful. As much as I describe it, like I said with the music, I'm giving you mitzias. You're a step away. I'm describing to you something that is, if you saw it, you'd have that connection. There's a mile, there's an advantage to Shmi over here too. So the advantage of being over Chachma, but we're talking now this element. 
So listening to something is one step away, it's a certain distance. It's only the comprehension of the existence of the thing. And Riyya is from close. This is very relevant because if you remember, remember the Lashon from Eitz Chaim? That Chachme is Meir Eirein Sov B'Kirov Mokim. And Bin is Meir Eirein Sov B'Richok Mokim. He's going to go back to this in chapter 43. So all this is really part of the whole Milo Mata in Ruchnis. It's all part of spatial, conceptual space. The idea of what is space, what's higher and lower in a, in a conceptual way, spiritual way. Because you see the actual thing. You may not comprehend it, but you see it. So when you listen to music, actually listening is not a good example, but I meant when you see something, you may not understand it, but you see it thing itself. Someone say, what is a human being like? And you never saw a human? So I say, here's a human being, look. What is, what is he like? You're going to have to now study what a human being is like. If you just study, you never see the thing, you'll have a comprehension, but it'll only be the mitzvahs of it, not the muhus. This is what Chochmeh is, Hisamtus Hadover. When it comes to Riyah, we call it Hisamtus. Hisamtus means, Emes is truth, Hisamtus is the verb, that something is completely resonates as truth. So when you say, for example, in Eid Nasadayan, a witness can become a judge, because if once you saw it, it became so true to you, you can no longer be objective. So Riyah creates a samtus. It's like seeing is believing. One of the things that Rambam writes that why do we believe in Matan Because we saw it. We saw Krishna. We saw that we saw it with our own eyes as witnesses. There's something in seeing that you cannot deny, even if it makes no sense. You saw it. You saw it. Okay. So that's a samtus. Not because of its comprehension. Rather that with the eye, the eye of your mind, you know, Chacham of with the eye of your mind, he sees it, he sees it, resonates the truth of it exactly as it is. That's called resonance. So when you in Chachma, the the spark of Chachma, you have a flash of an idea. There's a certain truth in that, that later when you flesh it out, you may not sense that same excitement, that same epiphany, because fleshing it out is already how am I going to do something with it. Now, of course, you'd like to have a connection between those two, but that's what he's saying here. So there's that truth, that resonance, the resonance. Like it says elsewhere, it says elsewhere that the seeing, of the sight of wisdom. Here he doesn't mean physical sight. He means the seeing is believing, the seeing as in, as in resonance. It's like seeing... The essence of the thing, that's higher than comprehension. And this is the level, this is the level of the essence of Chochmah. Because remember, before we said there's Ha'ara, reflection of Chochmah, which the student can get. Actually, he didn't say Chochmah, he just said, he said it here. Before, in the parentheses, in the end of chapter 39, he said that Bina receives from his pastor Sachochmah. Okay. But Atzmas this is Atzmas And now comes a parenthesis that ends at the end of the chapter, at the end of the paragraph. I mentioned this before. Chachmi, you also have his qualifying. 
we just we just said that chacham is atzmus and there's no ishtalshlus in it. There's no higher and lower. So what what's going on here? In chacham we have essence ten spheres. Ubchinis gimel rishen is the chacham who are riyeh be'etzem adover. The three higher levels of chacham is the level of riyeh be'etzem adover, like seeing something, the essence. She'ena shayich adayin lemidus that doesn't yet have a relationship with feelings. However, even the feelings within Chachme are also a level of resonance and truth that's higher than comprehension. Like it says elsewhere, It's brought in Chassidus many times. Like it says elsewhere, when Rav was quiet, that was not a silence that, uh, like he, of Shtika Kei it was a silence because it was higher than than uh, than expression. So Makom Malkam Lehadirbe, meaning that they still followed his 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 ruling. So it wasn't a shtika where he ended up being like overruled. Because that type of silence comes from such a deep truth that's that doesn't it's not even expressible. So even though he couldn't explain the reason for it, but it was absolutely resonating truth by him that this thing is forbidden. Prohibited. The only thing is, he didn't have a tam musa. He didn't have a reasonable reason. He didn't have a, a logical reason for it. That's the feelings within chachma, within wisdom. That it's a type of resonating truth that's higher than comprehension. You know the story with Rab Chaim Briska and the Frida Rashab. They were like the two big rabbis in Russia, and with the Maskilims trying to introduce all kinds of different changes. Like uh, uh, praying in German and all the other mices there, so, so there were different asifas. They had meetings, and uh, they would uh, vote on this. The rabbis in Russia, because the maskilim were trying to change basically tradition. They wanted to assimilate the Jews, so there were different things. They compromised some things. They didn't compromise. So then there came the suggestion to print a prayer book. And on one hand side would be Hebrew, and the other would be German, or maybe another language, and the vo- rabbis. You know, no one saw that it was prohibited. You know, we see that. You have sitters like that today. But then came the final vote, and the Rabbi Chaim Rizka said he wants to hear what the Rebbe Rashab has to say first. So the Rebbe Rashab thought about it for a moment and said, no, he's against it. Rabbi Chaim Rizka said, the, the Rebbe Rashab said, if the Rebbe is against it, I'm also against it, that's it. Because they were the two veto powers. Made no difference with the other, you know. They, they, therefore it was rejected, Later, Rabbi Chaim Briska asked the Rebbe Rashab, why were you so against it? You know, between you and me, we know that it's mutter, you're allowed. Studying Russian, 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 German, whatever it was. The language of the Medina. Yeah, so the Rebbe, so he said to him, but, but between us, privately, why were you against it? And it was interesting, he did defer to the Rebbe, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he wanted to hear. So the Rebbe said, I, I'm not sure, but I, I know I trained myself from a young age, when something is not Apishul Khanaruch, it bothers me inside. I have a feeling that something's wrong. And I felt this was wrong. So he didn't have a halachic reason, but he just instinctively felt. Later they say, Rabbi Chaim said that's why he deferred to him, because that's such a haggish he doesn't have. In other words, that's not coming from just intuition. It's coming from a profound depth of what is true and what isn't true. So even though technically someone will say, can you show me why this isn't right? No. Now, obviously you can't just trust anyone with such an intuition, because a lot of people have... Intuitions that don't uh, don't have basis, but when a Rebbe has an intuition, you can imagine it's a holy one. My point is that there are things that are midrashim b'mechin, like he's saying here, that are like he says, uh, uh, I say samtus. Here's a feeling 
that something's wrong with it. It's not, it has nothing to do with his interests here. We're not talking about subjective feeling. We're talking the opposite. It's a midday in the meichen. They senses it, and that's like why by Rav, by uh, that that uh, there's no can't explain it, but it's a certain truth in it. It's essentially how midas assume the ria of chachma. Okay, so I said here that there's ten spheres in chachma. I thought he was going to ask a question because Lachera he's saying there's no levels. He's not asking that, but I, my answer would be is that chachma is fundamentally the etzim of chachma. There's no process. The fact that it has spheres just means there's dimensions of how chachma manifests. That's that. That's fine. Uh, that's not a, an issue, but it probably needs more explanation because lechayda the whole point was there's no shtalshlus, but we, we learned before that chachma needs a tzimtzum within it to become yuseid abba to mashpi it to a student. I'm sure he discusses this in the next chapters. Uh, what do I? What do you know? It's the next the question. The next chapter actually. Okay, good kivanti. But um, the bottom line is to sum up. Someone wanted to say. You wanted to say something? Ask, well, let me just sum, sum up this chapter. So bottom line, what time is it now? 10.14. Okay, we're going to have to stop. I, I was going to finish the mimer, but so be it. We'll have to do it later. What? You'd rather me finish it now? You can do it in 15 minutes. Oh, 15 minutes? I doubt I can do it in 15 minutes. Okay, I mean, it depends how deep it is. It's a whole page. It's not so simple. Let me sum up the chapter here, ma'am. So the second, so basically there's a second, the second type of ill of all the second type of evolution of steps from cause to effect is, um, is in intelligence itself, in the intellect itself. And the transmission from intelligence, from, this, from, the, from the giver to the recipient, is not, is, not, is not a separate entity. It's an evolution of the same idea, just coming down a level. So he's giving the second example of Ilva'ol. But both of them, at the end of the day, both, whatever, whether it's Meichan and Midas, whether it's a separate entity or it's the same entity, they both go through a process. That process does not exist in Chochmah. In other words, basically a Mashpia cannot give the student in any communication the Samtus of Chochmah. The student's going to have to come to that on their own. He doesn't say that exactly, but that's the bottom line what he's... What, huh? The re'i of it. Right. He can give him the tools and the, and the student can reach it. But... He, what he can give him, he gives him the hispastus of it. At the end of the day, it's a form of hispastus. Mitziyah Sadov. Yeah, you have to open your own eyes. He doesn't say it specifically, but it's apparent that's what he means here. So, when Meichen Amidus, or it's two teacher and student, whether it's in Meichen itself, being a reaching to Chachma, let's say, or a student to a teacher, rather, or it's emotions reaching to the there, they can go through a process of how they go down and how they go back up. More refined, less refined. Like he said, the, how Meichen goes down from first there's emotions within the mind, then there's emotions within emotions. And then there's how the emotions become more refined as they go back to their source. In Chochmah that doesn't exist. In Chochmah you see something, that's it. There's nothing more to talk about. You want to comprehend it? Fine. Now you're in a different dimension, then you're in a different mode. It's called comprehension mode. You're analyzing now. But what you saw, you saw. There's nothing going to happen after you analyze it that's going to add to what you saw. You'll understand it. And sometimes you'll appreciate it more. Not always you'll appreciate it more. But the, the thing that seeing does is an instantaneous thing that doesn't come better or stronger as time passes. That, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm elaborating a bit more than what he's saying, but it's apparent that's what he means. Because that's the whole elaboration here. So really we have two types of experience in life. We have experiences that are chachmadik experiences. 
These are like epiphanies, revelations, seeing things. A spark of an idea. That's an atzmizdik experience. And then we have giluyimdik type of experiences, which is where we comprehend, we appreciate, we go, we go through stages, I understand more, I understand less, and so on. Now obviously a person can see a truth and later not live by it. You know, you can slowly forget that, what you saw. But that doesn't mean the seeing goes through stages. It just means you are a grub yung. It means you are crass, and therefore you moved away from what you saw as being truth. You're doing your own thing. But the moment of truth was a moment of truth. That, those are the two things. So all this teaches us what? That Chochmah is different than Bina fundamentally. This is Chochmah's Bekiruv Mokim, and Bina's Mezichuk Mokim. All this is explaining space in Ruchnis. So Chochmah's place is higher than Bina, fundamentally different type of experience. And, it's, and it helps us in the interface, because Chochmah is like represents more... Beyond the high or beyond? Exactly, higher than Ishtashos, and Bina represents Ishtashos. Okay, that we have to learn more. You know, just to talk to, I mean, listen, let's, he talked about this aspect of Chachmah, what we just discussed now. Now, if you guys have such a taiva for learning Siddhis, I can do another page. But I. What? Well, well, I think it's going to be a whole subject matter. You know, let, let's. let's, let's uh, I'm going to stop here. You want to? Uh, <coughs> chapter Mem, page 68. Yeah. Logic is, as, as is very logical.